Okay, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. We touched on this a little bit before, first, first basically, <clears throat> and I wanted to um, touch on something else in here as well tonight. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, this is your word and we were told by the Lord Jesus himself that when he went back to heaven, he would send his comforter. And it would be the Holy Spirit of God who would guide us in all truth. He's the teacher. He's the one who speaks to our hearts. And we do ask for his work in each of our lives tonight. Lord, we open our hearts to you. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that you'd even conquer the things that the devil puts into our minds to make us doubt your word. Father, help us to realise that you are sovereign. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. So, Lord, teach us from your word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so the verse um, that I really would like to concentrate on tonight is verse 4. And it simply says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, that didn't literally mean that he was going to stay every day of his life in the temple in Jerusalem. Just like it wouldn't mean that we would be sitting here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all together. Although that might be an interesting time. But, and I'm sure David spent a lot of time in the temple. I'm sure that he spent a lot of time worshipping his God. And remember that the God that he worshipped was the great God of Israel. Um, his name was mentioned this morning, Elohim. And, um, and he's also known as Jehovah, the almighty God. And I was when I read this verse, and this, uh, by the way, 
it speaks to me as much as it does maybe to you. And I don't know about you, but this flesh and blood can really get us down sometimes. And we look back over our lives and we think, oh man, wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't done that. And there's another one thing that I might mention one day in the future that Paul said, and we might touch on that one day. But this is a one thing that David said. It was something that he wanted. And, you know, we all want things, right? Particularly when we're young. Maybe even when we're older. (laughs) But there are things we want in life, isn't there? There's some... I remember when we first got married, I wanted a car. And we had a car that a lovely Christian friend had sold to us very cheaply. And it was a fantastic little car, little Datsun 1600. Love that car. But we were having a baby and we thought that we needed a bigger car. We probably didn't, not for a while. But anyway, we were, I went into debt for a car, my poor wife. <clears throat> but we always want things, don't we? And uh, some of the things we want or that we desire, are not always good things. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking how unlike David we are. Well, certainly, I can't say that for you, but I certainly can say it for me. You might recall in Second Chronicles chapter 15, Asa becoming the king of Judah and Benjamin And Azariah the prophet coming to him and said, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, Israel, and I'll just sort of give you, I'm not going to read all that, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. Israel had been a long time without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law, but when they turned to God in their trouble and sought him, he was found of them. Azariah encouraged Asa and Judah and Benjamin to be strong in the Lord. And you can read this in chapter 15. So what did Asa do? Did he just reject what that guy was saying because he had a desire to do things his way? He was king. Azariah was just a prophet. This is what he did. You can read it. He took courage. He put away the abominable things and renewed the altar of God. Then he gathered all of Judah and Benjamin together to offer sacrifice to God and to enter into a covenant to seek the Lord God with all their heart and soul. That's in verse 12. And this they did, swearing to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. And this is what is recorded for us. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. There's that word, desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. 
you could say, well, what has all this got to do with Psalm 27, verse 4? Because of that word desire. We could look at this decision to follow the Lord with all their heart, wholeheartedly, and seek God with their whole desire as akin to hunger and thirst. Has anyone here ever been really, really thirsty? Anyone? Elders, you're the only one. It's very hard to believe. Anyone been really, really hungry? Thank you. I have been too. Now, we've had a couple of hot days lately, haven't we? It's very easy to get very, very thirsty. And when we're very thirsty, there's only one thing we can think about. When we get very hungry, especially you kids, you can only think of one thing. Will mum let us into the fridge? Psalm 42 verse 1 says, As the heart, or the deer, and some of you like this song, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before God. Psalm 63, verse 1. And this was when David was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul What's the next word? Thirsteth, yes, for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know, we could, I won't go into this rabbit hole, but water and the word are synonymous in many ways in the scriptures. The water of the word. You know, when we fail to use God's word in our lives, we actually devoid ourselves of a thirst quencher, a spiritual thirst quencher. Don't do that. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Kids, isn't it great when mum says, yes, you can go and get something out of the fridge? Yeah, that's great, isn't it? My mum and dad were a little bit poor, or quite a bit poor. We weren't even allowed to go to the cupboard. But anyway, David cried out, One thing have I desired of the Lord. And this is the king saying this. One thing I've desired, that I'm, and that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So again I say, how unlike David we are today. Well, me anyway. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. That one verse speaks volumes to me of what God wants in my life. David had this closeness to God 
a relationship that ever drew him closer to God. He loved the Lord. He truly loved him and the Lord loved him back, didn't he? He was a man after God's own heart. And you know, and you children will know, that David had this closeness while just a boy when he was looking after his father's sheep. He had it when he ran towards the Philistine and was was confronted by a giant of a man. But he was close to God. And God gave him the victory. He had it when Saul was hunting, hunting him from one hiding place to another. It was funny, you know, you read the scriptures and it tells you that his family knew where he was and went to him. And you wonder, God just kept Saul away, didn't he? In 2 Samuel 22, we read, David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies. Remember reading out in Psalm 27 about the enemies and the wars and stuff? And out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer and my The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. You ought to go and just underline that word my in that verse. My refuge, my saviour, thou savest me from violence. I ask myself, can I say that? Can we say that? Can we really look at that verse and say that? We should be able to. And then he goes on and says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid, the sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me or went before me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God and he did hear my voice out of his temple and my cry did enter into his ears. Isn't that wonderful? That was the closeness that God, David had with God. He cried and God heard him. We need to be able to cry out so that God hears us. Don't give up on it. David never gave up on it. You read all the Psalms that he wrote and I think how many times he cried out to God. And he said, we, and you know, we need, whatever David was saying here, we need this one thing, this one desire of the Lord. We don't need all the desires that I was thinking of when I was 21. We need this one thing that David said here. We don't need to be fooled by the world or to follow the ways of the flesh. That's easy to do. The whole world walks down that big wide pathway. But we're not to walk that way. We have a straight and a narrow way to walk upon. We are to be looking at our God and finding out his desire for our life. And can I say, it was not just a desire, but it was a decision. He said, that will I seek after. That's what we need to do tonight. We all need to make this as a decision in our life and particularly the younger people. You know, us oldies... 
we've gone down the pathway a little bit, but we still need to do this. But you young people, you need to make this decision that you will seek after God. And thinking about this desire, there are a couple of things. Well, I'm going to mention one tonight. I've got three. I know we're not going to get through it. But I'm going to tell you this first one. The singleness, this is number one, the singleness of this desire will bring continuity to our relationship with God. This one thing, this single desire should filter out all other desires that we could have in life. Now, I am not saying that every other desire that you have in life is wrong. There are some things that you have to have because the law demands it. There are other things that you have to have because your family needs it. There are some things you have to have to be able to get around in this world. You know, no one, well, most of us probably don't like working, but we've got to have a job. If that's God's will for our lives, we've got to work. So I'm not saying that all desires are wrong, but what I am saying is there is a desire that we should have that is higher than all the rest. And this is what David had. And there are many, many other desires out there that we need to just be careful of. What the psalmist desires is that he would be able to keep an unbroken consciousness of being in God's presence. And he wanted to always be in touch with him. Is that our desire tonight? Do you and I, would we we like to have an unbroken consciousness of being in God's presence? You say, but we're in this world. How can we be in God's presence? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. We've heard that. Just think, would being in God's presence on a continual basis cause us to re-evaluate what things are important in life? Would it cause us to evaluate what things that God hates? Would it cause us to re-evaluate all the things that God loves? Was David perfect? No. David did sin, didn't he? He committed adultery. He committed murder. But he confessed them and he repented of them and God forgave him. In fact, in Psalm 51 we read, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. You know, David had such a heart for God and this desire was so strong in his heart that when he was confronted with his sin, he didn't say, oh, it wasn't me. He actually repented of that sin. And uh, he was broken-hearted that he had broken God's heart. This one desire focused his entire life on God and caused him to worship, love and adore him. We only have to read his psalms to know this, don't we? 
And David's focus was not on his authority as king, even though he had that authority. It wasn't on his dominion, how big his kingdom was. It wasn't on his wealth, and he was a wealthy king. But his heart's desire was typified when he said to Nathan the prophet in 2 Samuel 7 verse 2, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. He wanted to build a temple for God. And he had that desire and he started putting away material things to build the temple. But Nathan had to tell him, David, you can collect as much as you like, but you can't build the temple, but your son will. God, David was a man of war, but his son was going to be a peaceable king and was given great wisdom. And David took that and he lay, kept laying aside all the building materials to be used later on by his own son. David never got to see that temple, but he still did what God wanted him to do. He loved God, and he couldn't bear the fact that he had just built a house for himself and the ark of God was in a tent. This focus that he had was on God. What God meant to him. You know, I want to think about God more. It's not easy sometimes because, I, and I don't know, Gavin, what it's like at your work or Eldo's when he's driving and talking to people. I don't know. But I know at our work, you know, you can go to work with all the desires, all the, I'm going to be really different. I'm going to tell people about the Lord today. I'm going to try and not do this and do that. I'm going to do... And then work happens. And so I, I was thinking about that in this situation. I want to be thinking about God. He cared about the importance of what God meant to them as a nation. And he even cared about what God meant to them individually as his people. Do we consider our God, do we really consider him on a day-by-day -day basis? How do we treat him? How, we do, how do we leave him out of our lives? What can we do to show him that we love and adore him? Psalm 94, 5, verses 6 and 7 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So here's something that we can do. And if you and I as Christians want to cement our relationship with God then we need to have this one desire to be in the presence of God day by day walking with him to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Alexander McLaren, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, he, a great Christian writer of many years ago wrote, and I quote this, 
that seems, and he's talking about dwelling in the house of the Lord all the days of your life, that seems hard. And people say, impossible. How can I get above my daily work and be perpetually thinking of God and his will and consciously realising communion with him? That's what I was thinking. How do I do that? I'm at work. But there is such a thing, McLaren goes on, he says, there is such a thing as having an undercurrent of consciousness running all through a man's life and mind, such a thing as having a melody sounding in our ears perpetually, so sweet we know not what we are list- that we are listening to it until it stops. And then, by the poverty of the naked and silent atmosphere, we know how musical were the sounds that we scarcely knew that we heard and yet we hear so well, high above all the din of earth's noises. I love that. That's what I need at work, in my life, every day at work, every day at home. That's what we need, to be in the presence of God like David desired, to have that desire. And the question is not, can a person actually have a continuity of fellowship and oneness in the presence of God. We can, right? We know we can. But the question is, is it possible for us to have greater continuity of fellowship in God's presence today? More so than yesterday. More so than last week. Can we have that greater closeness to God? Yes, we can. It's a daily thing. It was a daily thing with David. Would we not agree that we are way below where we should be in our relationship with God, even in our comparison to David? Now, I I, honestly, I can't speak for you. I just look at me. I look in the mirror and I see me and I see all the faults that I have. And I would say, yes, I'm way below where God wants me to be. The issue is knowing that our continuity of fellowship and relationship is lacking toward God. Being willing to say, yeah, Lord, that's me. I'm lacking. I want to grow. I want to have this desire that David had. And the question is, can we improve? Can we really have a closer walk with God? Can we actually make the decision like David did to choose to have a singleness of desire to live and walk in the presence of God. Adam and Eve knew what it was like to walk in the presence of God, didn't they? Before they sinned, they used to walk in the cool of the garden and had fellowship with God. What a wonderful time that must have been. Enoch walked with God. Hebrews 11.5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Translation simply means he was taken away. He went walking with God one day and they were talking and ended up in heaven. How would that be? 
He never died. Alexander McLaren again points this out. How many of my feelings and thoughts today or of the things that I have said or done since I woke this morning would have been done and said and felt exactly the same if there were not a God at all? Arnold, you've come across some people who think like that. Or if it did not matter in the least whether if whether whether I ever came into touch with him or not. If there is no God, none of this matters, right? But there is a God. He's a living God. He created the world. We heard that this morning. And he's coming again. We heard that this morning. We have a living God. I serve a risen saviour. He's in the world today. Brothers and sisters, it is no vain effort to bring our lives a little nearer that unbroken continuity of communion with him of which this text speaks. It may seem arduous. It may seem difficult. It may seem almost impossible. But it can be done. David did it. Others have done it. And we will decide, we should need to decide to be like David and have that one desire and that I would seek after that. After that oneness with the Lord Jesus. Whether I'm at home in the study or if you're in the kitchen or if you're out in the garden or if you're at work or if you're attending a lecture somewhere or even if you're at church that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Wherever we are, at a lecture or in the nursery looking after a baby, that room and the tasks associated with it can actually be our Father's house too. And only we can assure that it is. It has to be our single desire. You know, in Luke chapter 2, verse 36 and 37, it says, And there was one Anna, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, And she was a gr- of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity and she was a widow of about four score and four years. How old is that, Ashish? 84. 84. So she was 84 years of age and it says which departed not from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. I don't know what she lived off but I would say she lived off prayer. She trusted God. She had a one track. Her singleness, her desire was to worship and serve the Lord. Can it be done, you might ask? Yes, David did. And here we see Anna did. And I know that you and I will never be exactly the same as David. None of us will be exactly the same as Anna. None of us will be like a Paul or a Peter. But we can all decide we're going to have this singleness of desire. Remember what it said in that verse 4. 
One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You know, you have to desire it of the Lord. Will you ask him today, tonight, tomorrow? Will you ask him, Lord, can you draw me closer? Can we have our heart's desire set upon him? So much so that we actually would indeed have a much closer relationship to God than we've had before. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the preciousness of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you know us intimately. You know the things that trip us up. You know the things that can hurt us. You know the things that encourage us. And Father, we we pray that no matter what walk of life we're in or what age we're at or whether we um, know a lot about scriptures or not, Father, you you know that we need this closeness with you like David had. And Lord, I pray that it would be our heart's desire to have that closeness and to seek after it, to actually do something about it. Not to let it be hidden from us, but to seek it. And Lord, may we all be able to see the hand of God at work in our lives just like he did in David's life. And so, Father, we ask for your blessings tonight. We ask that you would bless our church, help us in the decisions that have to be made, Lord, with all the things concerning the running of this church. And Lord, for every single person that's here tonight, whether they are a working person or a stay-at-home mum or a school teacher or whatever it is, or a student, Lord, bless them and help them this week to walk with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.